to the Tuesday show, everybody. This is Fantasy Baseball Today, and the band is back together. We are non-zero chance. And for the first time in a week, we welcome Sick Chris Towers back to the show. Hello, Sick Chris Towers. Yeah, sorry, guys. I would for, just like... For being back. We are we are like the Dodgers of the podcast community. A guy's struggling a little bit. We just take advantage of that 10-day DL. <laughs> send him away for a week, and he comes back. Hopefully all better. You still don't sound 100%. <laughs> he is he is offended right now. That was one. No, of, I'm I'm just I'm not even sure if I should be offended or not. I couldn't decide whether to go with the 10 day DL joke or the Matt Harvey joke, so I went with the 10 day DL. Uh, okay, Scott, you're doing just fine. How you doing? Just fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm Good. doing a little research on Eric Hosmer and and how he stacks up as a fantasy player in the new environment, the new Homer heavy environment. Obviously, not a big source of those. Because Hosmer was dropped in in our podcast league, the 12-team points league, and uh, I was able to claim him off waivers last night. Which means you prioritized Eric Hosmer over Jose Bautista, who I claimed off waivers. It does mean I did that, yes. I, my claim was the first to go through in the league, and it was a tough call, I got to say. But um, I think Hosmer is reliably above average, and Bautista is maybe toast. Do you know what? In, it, what above uh, average in what? Uh, in fantasy point production. Chris hates Eric Hosmer. He's a solid so player, Chris. He's not spectacular, but he's, I don't know that he, you need to own him in that league, cause you could probably find replacement level value in a shallower well, league, but. I'm, I'm, I wanna look this up. Just. He's, he's a low end number two first baseman. He is a oh. high end to mid range number two first baseman. So, so you think he's within the 13 to 18 range at first base? Uh, mid range I think would go to 20. So he's had his best season. He scored 487 fantasy points, only hit 18 home runs this year, but 487 fantasy points, which would have made him the 25th best overall hitter in last year's environment. Hit, so, wait, yeah, I first base, first baseman, I think or hitter? He's plenty startable. Hitter, hitter. Oh, that was the one wow. year he had 100 RBI, right? He had 93. No, okay. last year he had 100 RBI, scored wow. 445, Oof. which would have made him stud. Uh, Chris, you're no too harsh one, on Hosmer. Yeah, no, the, the whole thing is that no one is saying that Eric Hosmer is good. No one's saying he's great for sure. No one's calling him a stud or a $200 million player. Chris is saying he's one of the 10 worst first basemen in baseball. And his argument against us saying no, he's average is every time we say something good, he says, look how great he is. He scored 447 points last year and was the 56th best hitter. Overall, if, if he had gotten off to a normal Eric Hosmer start, we'd still think of him as must-start and not somebody who could potentially be getting dropped in a 12-team league. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. view him as must-start coming into the season. Must-start in, in a shallow format, I don't know, but must-own, I'd say. But like, so remember, I was saying I wanted to buy low on Eric Hosmer in, in a roto league where you know it's deeper, our deeper rosters in our roto league, and just the kind of guy that at the end of the year he's going to have his numbers. They're not going to be great, but you talk about landscape, he's going to give you some batting average, right? I mean that's not something mm-hmm. that's so easy to get these days. You think? No, maybe it's it's not. Uh, I do wish he hit more home runs, but obviously he is what he is, and what he is is still a productive player. Yeah, very productive player. There you go. Now I didn't expect to talk about Eric Hosmer. I do want to uh, <laughs> send our best wishes to Jamison Tyone, who is treated for possible testicular cancer. We actually got a PSA email today from one of our listeners who is a testicular cancer survivor. And he mentions how, how treatable it is. And yeah, that is all true. And he says, you should check guys. Don't, you know, don't take anything for granted. 
It's our little PSA here on Fantasy Baseball today. Just just check, you know, make sure everything's good down yep. there. Uh, and best wishes, of course, to Jamison Tyone. Now, since Chris is back, I thought we would talk about a Chris Towers article. That's We love talking about it, right? We love it. Um, so I was – there were two guys that I, I wanted to bring up as players that I actively want to buy low on. One I still feel good about. The other – I read Chris's article. I said, gee, I don't know. Um, the one that I still want to buy low on for sure is Masahiro Tanaka. I'm not sure what the perception is of him, but the ERA is high. The whip is very high. And Tanaka right now is uh, the number, number 17 starting pitcher in points leagues. But what you're going to see right now is that every time a pitcher starts – He's going to score points. He's going to move up considerably. Unless he's Blake Snell. Then he goes backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Tanaka's number 34 in Roto right now with a 436 ERA and a 1.315 whip. We'll get to him later. But Polanco, Gregory Polanco, was the other one, Chris. And I was thinking, look, the do- he's hitting the, like 10 doubles right around there. He's got the steals. He, his plate discipline has been very good. He's just not homering. So it just seems to me like... Polanco is slowly coming out of his funk and seems like a good guy to get right now, but he's one of the players you wrote about in your Who Are You Worried About column, Mm -hmm. and uh, he scared me a little bit with the hard contact stuff. So talk about Polanco and then, then, I don't know, cherry pick a couple of guys from that story that that we really should be worried about right now. Well, he's... The big thing with him is the the hard contact rate's down twenty one to twenty one percent. The big thing with him early on last season, especially, is he was one of the better players in all of baseball when it came to exit velocity and hard hit rate. This season, he's been really bad in those regards. He's got a twenty five percent fly ball rate, which is way down from last season. And you know, you add it all up together, and it does kind of look like a player whose swing just isn't right. Now, that's something that could just be fixable with a few mechanical changes, but it's also possible that he's playing through that shoulder issue that we were worried about in the spring and that it's just, it's just limiting him enough to not make him great, but not enough to where the pirates can justify taking him out of the lineup because he's still a pretty useful player in real life. He's getting on base a ton. He's still running the base as well. It's just for fantasy, he's not doing a lot. Yeah, I guess the way my perception on Polanco has changed is I still had some hope that he was going to make the leap and be the player he was in the first half last year over a full season. That's diminished considerably, but I also still think he's probably going to rebound and be the player he's been, which would be in a little bit more power. I'm encouraged by the fact he's got a career-high walk rate, career-low strikeout rate. I would still buy low on Polanco. I'd just make sure you were buying low. I wouldn't buy at his cost coming into the year. And, like, the 10 doubles are a pretty good sign, except that he doesn't have any other extra base hits. So all all told, he's got 10 extra base hits on the season, which sounds a lot less encouraging than he's got 10 doubles. Right. Uh, You know what I've actually – I think we talk about spring training stats, and we usually think they're pretty useless. How about World Baseball Classic stats? Like, could those be any less – Useful. Could it goes be any more useless? I mean, Gregory Polanco had a huge WBC. Carlos Beltran had a 997 OPS, batted 519. I'm looking at the stats right now. Eric Hosmer was awesome. Uh, Christian Yelich was really good. Correa was really good. How many games did Polanco play? Like five? No, he he had. Didn't uh, he hurt, didn't oh he yeah, hurt you're right. He, he had in five. The World Baseball Classic. Terrible. I don't think so. Did he? He. Well, he, it was soon afterward, if not. During. Yeah, I think it was right at the end of spring, actually. Because okay. it was like April 25th or 28th or something. March. March. Yeah. Yeah, Jose Bautista, remember how good he looked? 
uh, in spring oh, training, awesome. and then and then it was early spring training anyway. And yeah, I don't know. So forget about World Baseball Classic. Um, all right, who else from that story, Chris? Do you, are you really worried about? And then I'd, I'd also like Heath and Scott to talk since this. It's not just the Chris Tower show, Chris. <laughs> I think you can definitely be worried about Trevor's story at this point. You know, we've we've talked a lot, especially me, about the the fly ball revolution and how it's helped someone like Yonder Alonso, who I'm sure you guys talked about yesterday. But Trevor's story seems to be taking things to a to an unnecessary extreme. Him and uh Ryan Shimp, I believe, are the only players with an average launch angle above thirty percent. And I think that's probably past the upper limit to where you can be a a really useful player. So I do think Trevor Story has some adjustments to make, along with the fact that he's striking out like 37% of the time. I don't know if I'd classify the way I feel about Trevor Story as worry. And I I don't I don't know exactly um you know with some of the advanced data and, and what we know about the way a hitter makes connects with the ball now in terms of fly ball percentage versus ground ball percentage, all useful information that helps tell the story of their stat line. But we've always known that players streak. They, they go through hot stretches. They go through very cold stretches. And, and when it's a player like Trevor Story who strikes out as much as he does, those cold stretches are going to be even longer and even deeper. And so – if he's showing weird contact percentages during what's obviously a cold spell, is it because he's cold that he's producing these, or are 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 those percentages what's making him cold? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, is it, I know. Yeah, I, I would point out though that we're talking about someone with 97 career major league games, so it like these 31 games represent 25 percent of his major league track record. It's possible that it's not just a cold streak. It's possible. It's possible yeah, that last it, season was just an extended hot streak. But at the same time, if if this if we were starting this season over blank slate, we had no idea how Trevor Story's start would go. My advice going into the season would be, you know, if you draft him, you have to recognize with as much as he strikes out, he's going to be awful for weeks at a time, and you can't lose confidence when that happens. It's actually a good opportunity to buy into him. So, I. I understand it would look it it would be more encouraging if he wasn't hitting such fly balls at such an extreme rate if maybe his strikeout rate was well normal high instead of crazy high but at the same time I feel like this is kind of playing out in a predictable way. The other thing is he's only got what 58 balls that he's put in play all year because he's struck out almost 40% of the time he's walked he's more than half of his plate appearances have ended in walks and strikeouts. So there hasn't been a very large sample size. I'm more concerned. Well, his launch angle has doubled by the 38. His, aver- his right. average launch angle balls. has sure, but that's a that's a massive change. If right, I think the question is: is that a massive change or is that a massive anomaly in 50? It it, it balls could play. But my bigger concern is he can't strike out 38 percent of the time. Like you can't. You're going to be Joey Gallo. I just there's something wrong with his swing right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, like it's tough to know if it is like just a slump or or a trend that's uh, that's going to impact the future. Story was streaky last year, and also I think if you want to be encouraged by Trevor Story, he's batting 182 at home. I don't care what his launch angle is. We know he should be pretty good at home. Uh, so there's some some production there. It's funny. Like everybody on the list, it, it's like you could make a case that they're all buy lows. But that doesn't mean they're going to be what we thought they were at the start of the season. They're going to be better than they are now, but 
doesn't mean they're going to go all the way back to what we were hoping, like Alex Bregman. Did you have Mike Napoli on there? I did not have Mike Napoli on. Woof, there. boy, six well, walks, I, I forty-two strikeouts. What, uh, what people on Twitter said they were worried about. I I am worried about Mike Napoli a, a lot. More like story, I would say I'm concerned. There's not a lot of things that look good for Mike Napoli, and it's kind of like Jose Bautista. Like he's 35 years old. He he may just be losing it. It's strikeout rates over 30 percent. It was last year. But the walks, the walks, almost none. Yeah, and he walked a lot last year. Napoli had 78 walks last year. He's got and six. He, you just wonder if like pitchers aren't afraid of him. Well, that whole team, man. I mean, go right. up and down the Rangers lineup, and it's just, it's awful. Is there is there anyone that's doing well? Even Gallo is under 200 now. I read uh, yesterday that Shin Su Chu leads the team in on base percentage, and I think he's hitting eighth. Yeah, so Lucroy's been bad, Odor's been bad, Mazzara has been bad since the first couple of weeks. Uh, it's hard to know what to make of it, but but read the story, and let's talk about some good stuff from yesterday. Fringy starting pitchers, there were some interesting ones, like Alex Wood. Unfortunately, his next start is at Colorado, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't own him. He's 75% owned, Kendall Graveman, 77 Now, here's the list of, of pitchers owned from 21 to 80% of leagues that pitched yesterday that either did well or are interesting. Matt Moore has a 6.52 ERA. He's been terrible on the road. He's been very good in two of his three home starts and will be home against the Reds this weekend. Matt Moore. Alex Wood, uh, 11 strikeouts on 88 pitches in five innings, two hits, scoreless. They don't want to let him go deep into games, but Brandon McCarthy's on the DL right now. Um, I just don't know. Ryu. What, Ryu, but he's coming back, right? They're all coming back. The, the, yeah, I, I would like – like I would – Really soon, like I mean. to have Alex Wood on my team. I would much more like to have the Dodgers 10-day DL calendar to know when I should be preparing to replace him. <laughs> I, I don't know what the future holds for Alex Wood, but all right, Matt Moore, Alex Wood, Kendall Graveman had a nice start. Kevin Gosman, Gosman was Gosman was awesome. Seven innings, two runs, one walk, eight strikeouts against Washington. He had good fastball command, according to him and Buck Showalter. His splitter was really good yesterday. Uh, Cahill. Five walks, seven strikeouts, no runs, one hit and five and a third. So he's got – Trevor K.O. has 44 strikeouts and 35 and a third. Mostly yeah. being – Yeah. He should change his name to Cahill. Yeah, oh, nice. Hill. Yeah. 0.49 ERA at home for Cahill with the Padres. 582 on the road. Three starts at each split. Blake Snell was bad again. Nate Carnes, dude. Nate Carnes had a huge start at Tampa Bay with 10 strikeouts and six and a third and two runs. And Ricky Nolasco had a great start at the A's. Matt Moore, Alex Wood, Kendall Graveman, Kevin Gosman, Trevor Cahill, Blake Snell, Nate Carnes, Ricky Nolasco. We need pitching. What do you think of this group, guys? I think there is, Blake except, for Nala- except for Snell and Nolasco, I could make a case to own any of them. Yeah, Snell's way over on the 60% at this point, right? Yep. At, at this point, you're just hoping for something and... Yeah, I think I view him a lot like I view Tyler Glass now. It's going to happen at some point, but mm-hmm. predicting when it is, you have to see it first. Yeah, it could be two years from yeah. now. Uh, Cahill, I'm I'm getting even more excited about Cahill with this start. If, if you didn't pick him up for the two-start week, okay, you missed out on that. But he is showing the like this like he, this is the possibility he could just have a a special season overall. 
with the way his swinging strike rate is. The walks, obviously, five walks, you know, you don't like to see that. The walks have been kind of high overall, but he did say something after the game about trying to strike batters out and how maybe he shouldn't do that so much. Don't, yeah. Trevor. Well, can no, right no, out. He's, Look, he's only got two strike, quality strikeouts starts. Strikeouts are good. Trying to strike, it, it's like trying to hit a home run. It's not necessarily, um. Have you listened to Chris at all this year? Everyone's trying to hit home runs and they're getting Everyone's better trying to elevate the ball. They're not necessarily trying to hit home runs. I, there's a difference. When you, when, when a hitter talks about trying to hit home runs, they're normally talking about swinging out of their heels. And it is worth noting with Trevor Cahill, he didn't throw a slider last year. He's mm-hmm. throwing a slider now. It's best swing and miss pitch. And he, yeah, he's got a 28% swing strike rate on it. it. He's also seen a huge improvement in his changeup and curveball swing strike rates, which could be random, but it could be the result of opposing batters having to prepare for another pitch. And, and with that arsenal change for Cahill, it's made him a much better swing and miss pitcher, but he's still getting ground balls at an elite rate. So it's like the best of both worlds for him. Okay. Uh, very exciting. Cahill's got a 3.06 ERA, but only two quality starts and six starts. He's not going deep into games. Uh, and like I said, great at home, bad on the road so far. And he pitches for the Padres, so just keep that in mind. But he's 67% owned. Is he your favorite on this list? I, I may have missed that. There's Alex Wood. There's Kevin Gossman. There's Cahill. Carnes. I would, I, I would put Gossman at the top still. I'd put Wood and Cahill in the next tier. Um, I agree that Nolasco and Snell don't really belong in this conversation. And then I'd have Graveman, Moore, and Carnes kind of in that whenever they have a good matchup, I'll start them. Carnes has kind of had a little bit of an arsenal change this year, too. He's um, exchanged the change. Uh, he's swapped out his curveball for his changeup as his favorite secondary pitch. They have similar swing and miss rates, so I don't know how big of a difference it's making, but... Um, and you know, both the last would two be starts have been really good. Both would be typically ground ball pitches as well, so there's not a huge change there. Okay, that's, that's weird. So he's, he's never been a ground ball pitcher, and he has been a pretty seen a pretty big increase in that so far this year. Small sample size. Uh, I also want to put in Hyunjin Ryu's name. By the way, he's 39 percent owned and should be coming off the DL in four or five days. And you know, was pitching was pitching all right. His last three starts, uh, I don't know. I see something in Hyunjin Ryu where I think he should be owned in more than 39% of leagues. So. I would like the Dodgers to stick with Alex Wood over Hyunjin Ryu, personally. Yes. So, But Wood profiles better as a guy to have in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, if they're go- obviously he has bullpen experience that Ryu doesn't have. So if, if, if that's a consideration... This, it's this, probably more likely Wood does go there. This just feels like a situation where it's going to work itself out eventually anyway. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't see how you could trust Hyunjin Ryu to stay healthy at this point anyway. Yeah, or Brandon McCarthy for that matter, who has a separated left shoulder, not his pitching shoulder. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we had some good performances last night. One thing to keep in mind with Kevin Gossman, who had that great start against the Nationals, he only threw 20 pitches in his previous start. He got ejected, remember, for the curveball. So uh, sometimes that happens. The pitchers got just better stuff after a short outing. Maybe, maybe that was at play. But also we had, we had, well, two of the three had high hopes for Kevin Gossman uh, here on this podcast. And it was. Against the best offense yes. in baseball, we should uh, we should make sure we point that out. Oh, oh, we should, and we have. Thank you, Chris. Now, 
Did you get your movement watch yet? Maybe there's a birthday or a special occasion coming up and you're looking for a great gift. Check out movement watches at mvmtwatches.com. Uh, our URL to save 15% and get free shipping and free returns. How about that? 15% free shipping, free returns. MVMTWatches.com slash FBaseball. That's M both times. M is in Mary. MVMTWatches.com slash FBaseball. The watches start at just $95, so you're saving hundreds. Great quality, really sharp-looking watches. Take a look at the selection. And Movement Watches have sold over 1 million watches now. And look, it's funny because the company was started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylus watches but couldn't afford them, so they started their own company. It's kind of like our podcast. Started off as nothing, just a great idea. Built a following and here we are. Movement is extremely popular now. And we've got our Movement Watches. Go get yours. MVMTWatches.com slash FBaseball. 15% off. Free shipping and free returns. That's MVMTWatches.com slash FBaseball. Join the movement. Big news. Mike Trout says he expects to play today, but he's not uh, certain to be back in the lineup. In fact, Trout could end up on the DL. He's got a hamstring. Groin or hand? He's got the hamstring. Harper had the groin. Yeah, they both yeah. have one of each, or no? Sosha, Mike Sosha <laughs> said they're going to evaluate him over the next three or four days to decide, which makes it sound to me like he's sitting for the next three or four days, which makes me regret starting. And no, him. uh, no structural damage in the MRI that he had yesterday, so that's a good sign. Uh, Brandon McCarthy, as we've mentioned on the DL, Rich Hill hoping to return in a week, so yeah, it's sure. a crowded, rep- <laughs> crowded rotation. Again, another, another one. Another blister, yeah. Another one that's them. going to work itself out. I'm not, I'm not expecting Rich Hill to actually be in the rotation. Guys, I had a like, blister for, I had a blister, sorry, I had a blister for like, for like a month. Did you I go just, ice skating? No, it was guitar related. Ah, oh, those, yeah, those finger, uh, you gotta build the calluses, man. I know, I just haven't been playing you enough. should practice more. But I don't, you don't hear me complaining about it, going on the DL. Just saying. Uh, Michael Brantley could miss at least two more games. J.D. Martinez should be back on Friday. Got a doubleheader today at Coors Field with the Cubs and the Rockies. Aaron Judge, he's got some soreness. He ran into, I think, the wall at Fenway. Or, I don't remember where that's it was. A, that's a big wall. Uh, but big he doesn't man. play near the that only, wall. That's the only wall in the majors he wouldn't run over. But that, he doesn't that play is, that That wall. is a wall man face-off that I'd like to see. Yeah, unfortunately, he's a, he's a right fielder, but, uh, uh he ran a long way, Adam. <laughs> Let the joke he's that play. Good. Jeez. He's, he's well, that well good. Well done. Alright, well anyway, he should be back today. Um, that right field wall is like up to his shin. <laughs> it's an, it's a stupid little wall out there in right field though. Uh, Yoannis Cespedes could be back in two weeks. As Drupal Cabrera's day to day, we you know we were thinking about picking up Ahmed Rosario. Should fantasy owners pick up shortstop prospect Ahmed Rosario? I mean, when it comes to the Mets, you should probably always assume that an injury is going to take longer than they say. If any team's going to keep Rosario down until that deadline in June has passed, it's the Mets. What, 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 why? Why? They are very fiscally responsible. There's a lot of fiscally. Are the Astros fiscally responsible because they decided not to do that with George Springer? I don't think the Astros called. are known for their fiscal responsibility in the you way the don't? Mets are. Okay. Um, look, they're they're calling up Gavin Shakini. Right now, uh, probably because as Drupal Cabrera is going on the DL, but I think with the next edition of the prospects report, I will have 
Ahmed Rosario in the five stash. I just, I, I, I just want to say, I'm not sure responsibility is the right word to use with the Mets in any uh, context. I was that, trying to be nice. That, that implies that there's a plan and foresight. I didn't know why Scott took offense. <laughs> the Mets trolling. Sandy Alderson is the father of Moneyball, sort of. Michael Lewis wrote it. Hasn't that run its course yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it never's over. Enough picking on the Mets. Russell Martin's on the DL with nerve irritation in his shoulder. It's been bothering him since spring training. So Russell Martin heads to the DL. Zach Britton says he came back too soon, just like Chris Towers, but oh, he has really? no structural damage. Yeah, Let's just wait like another week, and we wouldn't be in this bind, Zach Britton. Uh, today is Team Thames Tuesday, by the way, so we do have some funny Team Thames for you. And we have a lot of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I also want to talk about some underachieving pitchers. When you look at four guys who have high ERAs and high whips right now, that would be DeGrom, Carlos Martinez, Stroman, and Tanaka. And we'll talk about those guys uh, and more. But let's start with a couple of emails here. From Samir from Houston. He says, Dear Dr. Cox, JD, Turk, and the Todd. Scrubs. Scrubs show. Is a funny show. Very funny. First show. four seasons are are all time sitcom. Oh, okay. I don't know about that, but they're very funny. Uh what do you make of Strasburg's severe K per nine decline this season? Also, I just started listening to the podcast this season and I love it. Is that y'all singing the catchy intro song? I wish. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Doc Kratzer. And you can get the theme song, by the way, the whole thing. Doc and Dave uh wrote the theme song. You can, you know, but DocKrotzer.com slash theme song. D-O-C-C-R-O-T-Z-E-R.com. It was Dave Scaff and Doc Krotzer writing the and producing the theme song. So uh dot com slash theme song if you want to download it. Alright, what do you guys make of Steven Strasberg, who's number twelve in points, number eighteen in Roto, with a two sixty six ERA and a one point oh eight whip? But only 33 strikeouts in 40 and two thirds. The K per nine decline. So as he's made six starts this year. He has an eight strikeout start, an eight strikeout start, a ten strikeout start. His last start was five and five and two thirds innings. I, I think it's just a case if he had a couple low strikeout starts early in the year that have um, kind of skewed that number. Small small sample size. His swing strike rate is ran down, but just. Barely. I'm there not are, really concerned. There are real changes to his arsenal, though. This is a guy who, you know, said he he kind of attributes some of his forearm issues to the use of his slider, so he has dialed back his usage of that pitch in a big way. His curveball's never been a big swing and miss pitch, so you know, it, it could be a little bit by design. Could be. I looked at the the numbers, the ground ball ratio for Strasburg is Exactly what it was, right around where it was, uh, in 2013. And that year was one of his you know, lower strikeout per nine years. That was 9.4 Ks per nine. So I don't know if he's intentionally getting more ground balls this year or if that's going to correct itself. But, uh, I would take it if it's going to keep Strasburg healthy. I, th- I think the funny thing is, you know, people are, I get a lot of trade offers like, should I sell this for Strasburg? And without all the reliable pitching, it seems like he is a reliable pitcher. No! Right now, but right, it seems. No! Seems. He is not. Yeah, I know. Noah Syndergaard getting a lat strain does not make Steven Strasburg a more reliable pitcher. He's the same guy he's always been. Yes, yes. That's what I wanted to say. I thought you just said his arsenal was different so he could stay healthy. Stop. You just, you just <laughs> said. Don't use you my did words say that. against me. <laughs> B 
be like everyone else and ignore what I say. Uh, we got our email of the day. Number two is from Martin. Can you talk about Danny Salazar? Smells like a good buy low right now with the difference between ERA and FIP, the uh, strikeout to walk ratio, and the sale-esque swinging strike rate for Danny Salazar, who has a 428 ERA, 49 wa- strikeouts in 33 and two-thirds, but 4.3 uh, walks per nine. This year, after 4.1 last year, uh, yeah, we could always talk about Danny Salazar. I'm gonna get in here before Heath and Scott start fighting each other. I'm gonna stand in the middle, make sure there's nothing that they can throw at each other, <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna say Heath's favorite words. I wrote about Danny Salazar yesterday <laughs> on CBSSports.com. Oh, great. great. Uh, he, he's it. another guy who has changed his arsenal, relying much more uh, on the changeup than any of his other secondary pitches. He's kind of abandoned his other secondary pitches and just throwing the change up like 30% of the time. And it's a huge swing and miss pitch, but you run into the issue with fastball change up guys. Uh, James Shields is a good example, always a very good pitcher, but always had trouble keeping the ball in the yard. And so I think that'll, that'll be an issue with Danny Salazar. What I would say is he, yes, if you can get somebody to buy based on his ERA, he is a good buy low pitcher, but I don't think anybody's doing that. Nobody's trading away his strikeout potential and just giving it up because he has a 4-2-8 ERA. Everybody can look and see that he's had some bad batted ball luck, and so far the home runs have been about where they've been for the last three years. I I I would love to buy low on Danny Salazar if you could get him for a number three mid-range low number three starter. I'd take that. So I'm required to comment now. You are. Um, I will say this about Salazar. So what's happened with the innings is kind of what I was fearing would happen. He has gone six innings, and he went six and a third once, but basically only six innings. That's the most he's gone, and only in three of his six starts. But the entire league is struggling to go six innings a start. So I don't know that Salazar... Um, you know, obviously the, the Strasburg types who go seven innings every time, he's, he's a Salazar's a step behind those, but, you know, just because his strikeout rate is so good, he is among the best of the pitchers who you're just hoping to get six innings out of, which is still makes him pretty replaceable in my eyes, but he's among the best of that group. Okay. He, he's a top 20 pitcher for me. Yeah. I, like, I don't think we, I understand what you're saying about the innings are replaceable. Most of those other guys aren't striking out 13 batters. But I'm, I'm saying if you're not going the minimum to get a quality start, or really the minimum for a win, because if you're only pitching five innings, you can technically get a win, but you're leaving so much to the bullpen that's pretty unlikely. On that team, though, it's it's not a bad team to leave a lot to the bullpen. Okay. He does help three. him. He do, it does I, help him. It, I would guess that he will get a little bit deeper games once his BABIP drops 80 points to his career norm. He just doesn't have the history of doing that, though. I don't know why you would think this would be different. Well, he was like he has the history of averaging six innings a start. He was ten and three Salazar in his first fifteen starts last year, and then he got hurt and had a seven thirty six ERA in his last ten starts. Um, only seven of those fifteen starts when Salazar went ten and three were of more than six innings. He averaged sixteen point seven pitches per inning. That was probably the best stretch of Danny Salazar's career. And he's he's only averaged six innings per start once in his career. Uh, between four different seasons before this one as a, uh, starter. So. Yeah. I agree with, with, uh, uh, you know, with a lot of what everybody is saying. 
Uh, it's really just no, Adam. Choose a side. Well, Danny I just I, I don't see. I the only thing where is that do you I stand on the great Danny Salazar. The only thing war. I don't agree with is like I just can't use the word replaceable with him because looking, I have him in the podcast league in the points league where innings matter, and there's just no way I could ever sit him. Well, it's, no, yeah. he's he's replaceable by like Lance McCullers and Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka. Well, well what I mean by respect, replaceable, yeah. it's kind of you know, it's 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 kind of an internal definition. You know, I basically have to rehash the whole pitching column I wrote last week to define it accurately. But the idea is there are about 20 pitchers who are not replaceable. And I'm making effort, every effort to round up as many of those as I can. And I'm willing to use and lose the rest. Oh, so but he's you can't. still in the use and lose category. Do you put McCullers in that? What is using? Uh, okay. That's, that Do doesn't you get... mean you'd ever drop Danny Salad. No, I, I, it means if he gets hot, I will trade him. Or if I can combine him with a good hitter to get a more reliable pitcher. Okay. Okay. Totally get that. Uh, it is Team Thames Tuesday. Uh, I do want to read more emails, but I do have to tell you about some daily fantasy because, look, um, not going to lie to you, this fantasy baseball season, for me, not off to a great start. Uh, the other three on this podcast are killing it. I am lagging behind a little bit. And this continued on Saturday when a listener had the guts to challenge me to some daily fantasy baseball on the draft app, and guess what? That listener kicked my butt. But that's okay, because today is a new day, and I will be back on the draft app doing another snake draft, getting a new squad, and winning some money. I actually have had some good success this year on draft. So download the draft app right now. This is such an awesome way to play daily fantasy baseball. If you want some free money, use our offer code FB today, like fantasy baseball today. Again, that's FB today. You'll get a 100% bonus on up to 600 bucks when you deposit. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you do snake drafts on draft. It's draft day every day. I've done Two-person drafts, six-person drafts. You can do up to ten people. I recommend focusing on pitching, by the way, when you play on draft. So here's what you do. You search draft in the app store. It's going to come up first. Enter the promo code FB today when you download for that bonus. The promo code is FB today on the draft app. All right, Team team Thames Tuesday from Pablo Diablo. How about maniacal laughter? Maniacal. Ah. Uh. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't made that I That's hadn't good. considered that use of his name before. I like it. Good team theme. Uh from AJ. So, I don't know how to I don't know how to approach this one cuz he gave us a song. Uh obviously I'm going to sing it. But he screwed up the Obviously. lyrics. Yeah, he screwed up the lyrics at the end. I don't know if it was on purpose, but it's to the tune of Chain of Fools by Aretha Franklin. Fame, fame, fames. And then he wrote Change a fool. Shouldn't it be like Thames is cool or something? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Chain of fools. Thames. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. It I, it's it's not a bad it. team name. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, Thad from Rhode Island has Confortably Numb. Good. Yeah. It's very good. It's good. That's Pink Floyd, right? You didn't <laughs> like that one so much. <laughs> Yeah, uh, kind of grimace. Maybe the only band I hate more than than uh, the Who. You like Aerosmith and you hate the Who and Pink Floyd. Love Aerosmith. What is wrong? I don't really understand. What, what happened is, to you? I like Who the song "Wish You Were Here." I, I don't really understand what's to like about Pink Floyd. I don't even really consider them a band. I think they're a laser light show. Like their music was designed for a laser light show at the Planetarium, which is something I've done before. I've been to the Pink Floyd laser light show. 
<laughs> I didn't. I didn't think you. Uh, I didn't think you took part in that kind of stuff, Adam. It's uh, uh, very interesting. It's also a nice soundtrack to The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's just like really trippy Look, I'm stuff. Not the I don't like Pink this Floyd fan in the world, but Dark Side of the Moon rules. It does. You know, the Wall I, is great. I, I think Pink Floyd was overrated for a time, but now they're properly rated. They're a lot better than Aerosmith. No, oh, they no. don't actively suck. No, you're just basing that on nineties Aerosmith. So, I'm so offended that you think Aerosmith's better than the Who. By the way, I wasn't here for that, but that is just like to my very core as a person. I mean, I, this is this is what I don't get about music discussions. Aerosmith, everybody's heard of them. They've been around for decades. Yeah, like very successful band, and yet it's supposed to be, you, you, it's it's just supposed to be accepted objectively that they're bad. How does that make sense? People think they're bad because of their like their more recent stuff, but their six their seventies stuff was awesome, and their nineties the stuff was great. Aerosmith, too. McDonald's became, has been around for such a long time. They've sold you love billions McDonald's. Of you have burgers. McDonald's fourteen <laughs> times a week. I don't. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Trash diet Coke <laughs> next? Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, popularity and ubiquity but you can isn't under, exactly. You can understand no, why somebody likes McDonald's. The problem with well, Aerosmith is they yeah. became too popular. Made a bunch of songs that were no longer. Good music and we're just pop music. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's when they got. I think the 90s pop music, kind of which is short for popular, stuff anyway. by the way. Well, alright, so I'm just gonna say the last thing. Like, Chris is obviously the guy who hates bands once they get really popular, so, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, like, I was just caping for The Who and Pink Floyd, two of the best-selling musical acts of all It doesn't count with classic rock. It doesn't count. Like, classic rock is, is, is exempt from that. Anyway, I have crazy music opinions. I know this. Don't take it too seriously. Grain of salt. Underachievers! Let's talk about these four starting pitchers. DeGrom, Carlos Martinez, Marcus Stroman, and Masahiro Tanaka. Now, DeGrom is striking out 12.7 batters per nine. He's also walking four per nine. He has a 134 whip and a 380 ERA. Uh, he's just been weird this year. Carlos Martinez, also kind of a weird year. That's that, that start against the Yankees with eight walks or set, whatever it was. I think it was eight walks. Um, kind of skewing the numbers, but, uh, there's him. There's Marcus Stroman who has had two terrible starts this year, one of them injury-related, and only one strikeout yesterday against Cleveland, but six scoreless innings. And then there's Tanaka, who I talked about earlier. Do you feel like all four of these pitchers, DeGrom, Carlos Martinez, Stroman, and Tanaka, are better than their face value numbers? Maybe not Stroman. But the rest, yes. Yeah, I mean... And that's not an insult to Stroman. I just, this, we're getting closer to saying this is what he is. He's a poor man's Dallas Keuchel. It's the yeah, whip. I kind of just, I, I think he's Dallas Keuchel. No. He can be one day. Like, if he like, has I, the, I don't think this Dallas Keuchel is Dallas Keuchel either. Have you right. watched like, Dallas I, Keuchel pitch this year, guys? Like, he is filthy. Yeah, he I have watched him. He is Filthy. Stroman Watch is Titans not that. I, I did see a heat map, you know, since I know you guys like these sorts of things. <laughs> Maybe this will win you over to Keiko. Um, I wasn't insulting his, him. I called his, Stroman a poor man's Keiko. His heat map through April last year versus through April this year, um, just a red dot, the very bottom of the yeah, zone it's this all, year. He's it's been much all better at commanding the zone. the zone. Yeah. When last year there was a lot of red dots in the middle of the yeah. zone and he got hit much harder. So, I mean, if he locates that pitch, and he wasn't fully healthy last year, uh, if he locates that pitch, I don't know why we shouldn't believe he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. 
Oh, he's winning the Cy Young. I mean, it's we've that's that's happening. We know I'd still that, give but... it to Sale over him, but I, you know, I, I think he'll be in the discussion with the kind of start he's gotten off to. Yeah, no, I, I would too. But uh, so as far as Strowman goes, it's really that that one point three five whip. And, uh, the two just terrible starts. One at Boston, one at the Yankees. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I was gonna ask this, like, who do you think had a better start last night? The guy who, who gave up three runs in six innings with 11 strikeouts, or the guy who gave up no runs in six innings with one strikeout? I would say DeGrom. <laughs> DeGrom with, uh, works with yeah. all the strikeouts. I would say DeGrom as well. It's certainly more predictable moving forward. Give me, oh yeah, give me all of the Degrom that I can get. But what about the walks with Degrom? Is that a concern for you guys? Not really. For me, because he's not like it's not like he's been wild. It's not like he's like throwing a bunch of pitches, you know, outside of the zone. He actually has thrown more pitches, a higher share of his pitches inside of the zone this year than last year. So I think it's just one of those things that, in a small sample size, weird things happen. Okay, and. What else we got here? We got Marcelo Zuna. Five up. Five up, one down, rotation. We're pretty much done here, and then we'll finish with the emails. Ozuna homered twice yesterday. Jed Lowry homered twice yesterday. Ryan Schimpf is the number 14 second baseman in points leagues, number 19 in Roto. Schimpf is halfway to his walk total from 2016 with 21 walks and nine home runs and a 172 batting average. Uh <laughs> Trey Mancini. Snapped a three for twenty nine slump with uh, five good games now. Ten for ten for his last sixteen for Mancini with two homers and two doubles. And Brett Gardner hasn't stolen a base since April tenth, but is batting two sixty now with six home runs. And you could argue that Gardner, his only struggles this year have been after he got hurt in a collision at first base. So I said Ozuna. I said Gardner, Mancini, Jed Lowry, Ryan Schimpf. These hitters stood out yesterday. What stood out to you? I think it's kind of ridiculous that Jed Lowry is the 10th best second baseman in points leagues, and he's only 14% owned. I don't think he needs to be universally owned, but 14 seems, like I said, outrageous. Near one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio and uh, is back to wearing out the gaps this year like he did a couple years ago. There was... A two-year stretch that was kind of hard to understand there for Lowry, where he just was off the map in fantasy. Um, but he had surgery this offseason to repair a deviated septum because apparently he couldn't sleep very well. There was a, he was suffering Napoli through thing. sleep deprivation. Mike Napoli had the same issue uh, two years ago. His mm-hmm. big like breakout with Boston two years ago, I think, was uh, was credited. It was, to it was that. related to that. I don't know if it was the exact same issue. I think he had sleep apnea. But, um, yeah, he did. But yeah, it was a problem with sleeplessness. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I think a lot of times there can be kind of behind the scenes issues going on like that, particularly if it's physical. I mean, the lack of sleep affects you physically. Yeah, but how, I mean, how good is Jed Lowry? Plus, he always gets hurt. I think, I think he can be Logan Forsyth like. That's how good I think he could be. So again, doesn't need to be universally owned, but I think he's mixed league viable. Would you rather have Schimpf or Lowry? Schimpf. Schimpf. Like Schimpf, I'd, I'd rather have Lowry. Schimpf for all the the extreme fly ball rate and everything, he still only has a 140 BABIP, and like he's always going to be a low BABIP guy, but he was a 260 BABIP guy last year, so you have to think there's some positive regression coming. He's never going to be much more than a 240 hitter, but 
If he hits 240, that's a useful player. Is it crazy to ask this question? Would you rather have Marcelo Zuna or Aaron Judge? I think that's perfectly reasonable. I think yeah. I have Marcelo Zuna still a little higher. I think um, I do too. It's they're right in the same range. I may have moved Judge ahead of him. Yeah, but they are they are right in the same range. I have Judge ahead, but I, yeah, I don't think it's a crazy question either. By the way, it's going to be really fun to track Ryan Shimp's home runs, infield fly balls, and ground balls this season. He has nine home runs, nine ground balls, and eight infield fly balls. He is hilarious. <laughs> Scott recommended Brett Gardner this week as a sleeper hitter. He homered yesterday uh, oh, you, at the Reds. You know who else I recommended as a sleeper hitter who I think also homered uh, and who I like even more and who I think is even more drastically underowned is uh, Matt Holliday, mm. who now has a, a uh, 287, 400, 552 slash line, is batting third or fourth for the Yankees every day. And for some reason, he's only like 60% owned, unless that's changed well, dramatically over the weekend. We were really low on him coming into the season, and I didn't think it made all that much sense. I was like, not low on him. I, I was, wasn't either. I, I, was, I was low on him. Judge. I, I thought he had aged out. I thought he couldn't stay healthy, and the power was DH. on the decline. But DH. yeah, BH, it's the Nelson Cruz effect yeah. all over again. I'm, I, I don't think Matt Holiday is just must-own. Considering one of his strengths is getting on base, and that's a big deal in head-to-head points leagues, the three outfielder leagues, I think I'd go as far as to say Matt Holliday's must start. And I will say that there is a possibility, I don't think it's a great one, but a possibility that Matt Holliday becomes their first baseman, and that allows yeah. them to get, because this is what he's been playing the last two games while they've been in NL Parks. I was just noticing that, yeah. And they want to keep him in the lineup. They didn't want to bench Matt Holiday for five straight games. They had Chris Carter at first. They have Greg Bird on the DL. But he plays first base, and that gets Aaron Hicks in the lineup every day. And, um, man, I'd Hicks, still rather see Greg Bird in the lineup long term than Aaron Hicks. There's something going on here with Aaron Hicks, though. He is playing great. He might be their second best outfielder. He might be better than Gardner and, and Ellsbury. And Hicks is going to play at least against lefties. Uh it, They've got a... Good problem on their hands, but Hicks is going to play, I think, more than we expect. Much like the Dodgers, I think this is a problem that will sort itself out. You've got three guys that are old. Um, yes. they can't, they can't sit Hicks right now. You've got to find plate appearances for him because he's just crushing the ball. I, I guess I would say from a fantasy perspective, don't just let Hicks sit there on the waiver wire because you expect him to stop playing more than a couple times a week. Let's see where this goes. He's not a bad guy to stash. Also, like, does anybody think that he could legitimately have a good year and that this is more than just a hot streak? Because I, uh, I do. I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. More walks than strikeouts on the year. Obviously a guy who has both power and speed. Former top prospect in the Twins organization who just didn't put it together for whatever reason. I mean, it, it seems like this could be a, a, a late bloomer situation. Okay. Yeah, Would you rather— I, I, I don't buy it. I, I, I can't get on board with this. Would you rather stash Aaron Hicks or Trey Mancini? Hicks. Hicks. Sure. Okay. So what did you think of Gio Gonzalez yesterday? How close are you to how close are you to dropping Gio Gonzalez? I know it's only one bad start, but boy, is he walking a lot of batters. Yeah. I'm not dropping him. I could I, I don't know who would be on the waiver wire that I could drop him for, but I'm not <laughs> dropping him. If I had adopted the use him and lose him approach two weeks ago. <laughs> Would have been a great candidate to lose. Yeah. All right, yeah, you're not dropping him yet, but there are some troubling signs for Gio Gonzalez. That's five straight starts with three or more walks, including a seven-walk start in his previous start. 
Uh, Jason Hayward's on the DL. Martin Prado back on the DL with a hamstring injury. Dexter Fowler is hoping to return today. Edinson Volquez will be back this weekend. Chase Headley day-to-day after being hit by a pitch on the knee. Steven Souza left with a sore thumb. Who's ready to drop Steven Souza? I dropped yeah. him a week and a half ago. All right. Me, me, me. Tampa Bay shortstop Matt Duffy is starting a rehab assignment. It's unclear what the playing time will look like. Probably uh, needs to play third base. Well, Lingoria's been playing third, no? <laughs> he's been playing third, yes. Yeah, I know he's got the foot thing. But, uh, and Brandon Crawford. Evan Longoria for Matt Duffy. Get out of here. He needs to go on the DL for his foot. Get out of here. Let's give him a little break. And uh, Brandon Crawford rehab assignment that is underway. So we can either read our listener emails or we can talk about Aerosmith or we can just keep talking about the Yankees. I'm fine with any of them. You guys decide. Choose your own adventure today. Emails. Okay. Good, good choice. Rob in Connecticut. Hey, Cole, Madison, Noah, and James. These are the pitchers that we should have drafted earlier. What is you wrong with me? What is wrong with me right now that I don't know who James is? Paxton. Paxton. There we Paxton. go. There we go. Uh, I'm normally opposed to any mid-season rule changes, but with a rash of injuries, I'm considering an expansion of DL slots. Buy or sell adding a DL slot or DL slots with the caveat that no team may add a player to their roster who is currently on the DL. Thus, you can only DL players that you already own. Nope. It, it's too late to change rules, I think. Yep. But would, you are going to have to expand your DL slots in the future, I think. I, I, I think as a general rule, yeah, it's a bad idea to change rules midseason. If you put it out there to the league and nobody objects, then why not change it? I agree. I, I don't see why this is a bad idea. I feel like if we are in agreement that it's going to have to happen next year, we're only a month, we're only five weeks into the season. Just do it now. Chris. If one person but you've makes probably, a fuss about it, fine. But okay, you've probably dropped someone. Like that's that's the thing is that like if you drop someone who went on the DL that you could have stashed otherwise I'd I'd be pretty upset. You know yeah, what? I, if you have a poll and zero people object, I agree. Do it. What what if what if somebody objects but you say okay you and you alone are allowed to pick up the guy that you dropped? No, no this is all no. dumb. All right, all right. This is from Ben. Hey Garrett, Sid, and Frank. I have no idea. Yeah, neither do I. There's not many Sids out there. I always think of Sid Breen. Yep, that's sure. who I think of, too. Oh, uh, this is Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods. Oh. oh, it's a CBS show. Great show. Of course we knew that. We were testing you out there. You watch Blue Bloods, too, Chris? What don't you watch? Anything on CBS Chris watches. That's why I, that's why I plug his columns all the time. Points <laughs> League with uh, five points for a quality start. Rank these starters for future production. Charlie Morton. Kendall Graveman. Hector Santiago, Matt Shoemaker, CeCe Sabathia, Matt Harvey. <laughs> Again, Morton, Graveman, Hector Santiago, Shoemaker, Sabathia, Harvey. I'm convinced this is actually from Scott. He just wanted to give us a list of pitchers that we had to put Matt Harvey at the top of. Yeah, Harvey, Morton, Shoemaker, Graveman. Harvey, Shoemaker, Morton, Graveman. Harvey, Morton, Graveman, Shoemaker. Same four, slightly different order. Doesn't Graveman deserve a little more credit, Heath and Chris? I had him third. You had him fourth. I put him ahead of Hector Santiago. You know what? His line through five innings last night didn't look so bad, which is why I made him the guy I dropped for Eric Hosmer. But then when I woke up and saw he went seven innings with six Ks, I was like, dang it. Like, I, I think he's pretty good. I just, I 
don't think he has the strikeout potential that some of the other guys do. You mean uh, his line through five didn't look very good? Is that not what I said? That is what I meant. You said bad, yeah. Okay. Ah, messed it up. This one's messed from, it up. This one's from Chris. Rest of season, head-to-head points league. Reyes or Jerko at shortstop? Points huh. league, I go Reyes. Yep. It's close. I guess, yeah. Dear Budnick, Ugg, and Donkey Lips. This is from Blake and Santa Barbara. Budnick, Ugg, and Donkey Lips. Salute your shorts. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I've ever seen that. Nope. You never saw Salute Your Shorts? No. I can understand why he's been it. Good show. A little old for that. I was more of a Slime Time Live kind of guy. Slime Time Live? Yeah. <laughs> you had those, like, your your siblings are quite a bit older than you, Adam, right? So you kind of got... Are you not aware, Scott, of the Slime Time Live thing? No. Yeah, because you went there. What do you mean? What? Your brother was the host of Slime yeah, Time Live, Yeah, my brother Live, was right? the host of Slime yeah. Time Live. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then you were like, your brother, your siblings are older. Now, I, I watch most of the Nickelodeon shows like Hey Dude and all that. Just never got into Salute Your Shorts. Um, oh, hey Dude and Salute Your Shorts were on the same block. I know. Yeah. I did, that was a great reason. block. Man. Uh, all right. So Memories. I forgot Rest about the question. Stickly. Blake's question is, based on the start, how many dongs do you guess these guys end up with this season? Edwin Encarnacion, dong count. I'd still say 30. Yeah, I'll even I'll even go thirty two. Twenty nine. That's it for Encarnacion. That'd be disappointing. I want him to well, get he's got like, what, three? Yeah, but how many did he have last year? He had over forty last year, right? Or am I wrong? Oh I don't know. You may be right. Maybe it is too low. Maybe I should go higher. I think he's going to have a very similar season when all's said and done. So let me look at his forty two last yeah. year. I'll say I'll, he ends up with thirty five. I'll say thirty six. All right. Thirty four. And See how easily you talk this up. There you go. We got we got more dongs for Encarnacion. Uh, we are convictionless. How about Mike Napoli? Twenty four. Uh, twenty six. I will go with uh fifteen. Hey guys, guess how many home runs Edwin Encarnacion? Hey, Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> guess guess how many home runs he hit in April last year? Three. Correct. But he got hot at May May fourth and fifth. He homered, so he's a little little behind schedule. Uh, I'm not going to go through all these guys: Chris Davis, Brian Dozier, Jose Abreu. Uh, do any of them hit 40 homers? Davis or Dozier? Can they hit 40? I'd bet against all of them hitting 40. Yeah, I'll put Davis 32, Dozier at 29. No, I'm, I'll give them. I'll give Dozier 31. I'll give Davis 38 or something. I'll tell you what, Heath. If, if Chris Davis hits 32 home runs, he's going to be a bust. Yep. It, it, that's true. Jose Abreu, over under 30. Under 25. Yeah, 29. Here's an email from Garrett. Should I trade Dylan Bundy for Cindergard? No. I would not. I would. Really? Okay. Uh, yes. What if you were 500? All right, hang on. Let me. I, I spoke too soon. I need, I need, you're five and oh, you do. I need a little. I need to give this a little more thought. Okay. I don't think I would. <laughs> it's totally dependent on your record. I think. Uh, I don't even know that it is. I mean, three months is a long yeah. time. Yeah. I do with the I, concerns about Bundy regressing. I was more interested in trading Bundy than necessarily buying Cindergard, so I spoke too soon. I apologize for my zeal. All right, Always the, just trying to disagree one, with everybody. The <laughs> next one is from Burke in Illinois. Dear Simmons, Linklater, and Pryor. Famous Richards. Ah, okay. 
in a league with OPS and quality starts, I just traded Jose Altuve for, you're going to trade a stud, you better get a good haul. Did he get a good enough haul? Traded Jose Altuve for Bogarts, Jose Ramirez, Johnny Cueto, and Masahiro Tanaka. Grade the trade. It's like an A plus, right? It's an A for sure. Okay. And you got yeah, like four high level yeah, starters in that yeah, trade. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a good you, one. You have to overpay for an Altuve, but that's taking it too far. By the way, I, I, I don't feel that bad about not knowing who Richard Linklater is. I just Googled it. This is, I don't feel bad about it at all. He's one of the most acclaimed directors of his generation, Adam. Um, okay. But he wasn't an Aerosmith, so I don't know who he is. Chris in Omaha. Dear Monroe, Nick, and Hank. No hmm. idea. I don't know. Lamb or Suarez, head-to-head league where strikeouts and OBP are categories. Jake Lamb or Eugenio Suarez? Lamb. Yeah, I guess. I guess Lamb. Okay, and we have Nate in Philly with our last email. Dear Robin, Jesse, Bill, and Scotty. Scotty. Man, I'm still on. Venturas. Ooh, really? I think so. Who the hell are Bill and Scotty Ventura? I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> if it's the first two. But Robin and Jesse fits. I agree. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's... Maybe... Uh, no, that is the Gin Blossoms. Oh, I love the Gin Blossoms! Like, Shocking. I would Great take band. the Gin Blossoms over Pink Floyd and The Who, like... 10 out of 10 oh, okay. days a week. That's ridiculous, but the Jim Blossoms <laughs> are fantastic. I love them. They're so over, uh, so underrated. One of the most underrated bands. Uh, the question from the Jim Blossoms and Nate and Philly, what's the, what's the deal with Zach Eflin? Does anybody <laughs> like Zach Eflin? Oh, I did not even realize this was in here. By the way, Adam's taste in music is worse than Chris's hipsterness. Uh, nothing is worse than Chris. <laughs> Listen, I, I just Chris. Zach's been pretty <laughs> Eflin good so far this year, but I yeah. just don't think with that strikeout rate he can keep it up. Very, very good. Heath. Very stealthy there. He nice work. Yeah. Anybody be- buying it? it out. I'm not gonna believe. No, it he doesn't okay. miss nearly enough bats. Yeah. Like even in the minors. Right. He's like Ty Block. I really want to finish Neighbors too with Zach Efron because I thought it was funny. I thought this the beginning was funny. People have told me it's dreadful. It's not as good as Neighbors one, but it's still you know those are all likable people. I like watching all of them, so it's fine. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for listening, everybody. This has been Fantasy Baseball Today. We're back tomorrow. We'll we'll do something. We'll grade your trades. Bye. (laughs)